get your groove on. Yo, yo, yo. You are very welcome to Turalora with myself, Josh O'Loughlin and Christian Dugstad all the way over there in Osley City, kid. And we're coming at you live talking about folk songs. How are you keeping, Christian? I am not too bad. What does it mean that we're live? I mean, we're not live. We're live. We're live to ourselves. We're Sorry, let me, let me rephrase alive, that. We're coming at you alive, alive, oh. <laughs> from Ennis and Osley. And we're also coming at you from Dublin. Three places at once tonight. Because we have a Jesus very special guest. Internet is amazing. The things we it's can do. It's freaking mighty. You can't pay a bit of Zoom. Uh, we're looking at a handsome man with dark curly hair and a bit of a beard. And he's sitting there in something that looks a bit like a gaming chair. And <laughs> I can see a keyboard stand behind him. I can see a bit of a shelf. Looks a little bit like it's from Ikea. And that's a Ooh. can of Iron Brew, which reminds me... Nice. Good, my good man, Rory O'Cashlo, uh, of the time we went to Scotland and you were oh, no. literally pouring, oh, you were pouring iron brew and whiskey into all of us. And iron brew and, and whiskey. And gin. There was iron brew and gin in there as well. Rory, um, where does that combination even come from? Like? It comes from a combination <laughs> of probably... 12 pints of Guinness during the day before you even get to a nightclub oh, in no. Scotland. Oh my God. <laughs> that particular so, night, we were playing with the Boxty gang over at Celtic Connections and Rory must have gone home in inverted commas about <laughs> 12 times, I would oh. say, and we kept finding him at different parts. <laughs> I was making many friends that night. Like, drinking what lots of friends oh. and drinking lots of iron brew and whiskey. <laughs> oh, as you can probably gather, we are three friends gathered here today. This is a bit of a boxy gang special, but it's it's not really why we're uh, gathered. But uh, our guest today is Rory Rory Coslow, uh, the third member of the boxy gang. Mm. Uh, the trio the trio is together finally again. And uh, how are things, Rory? Yeah, go keep them well. Just back home from a, a day of teaching. Uh, quite busy. Um, lots of young kids, so you can imagine uh, you need lots of energy, which I'm lacking a little bit, but I'm, I'm trying my best for you guys now this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting here in my game and chair falling asleep. You know yourself. How does it, oh, does it feel, it. Rory? Rory <laughs> recently started a new job in a new music academy in Dublin. And how's, how's it going? How are you getting yeah, there? It's going well, enjoying it. Um, three full days and... Uh, uh, busking the other two days during the week um, and hopefully going to be back gigging on the weekends um, God willing yeah. um, I'm hoping to get weeks. out and play a few tunes with you in yeah. the street at some stage oh, yeah return. definitely we'll do that absolutely bring the banjo the mandolin and uh, your triangle and all your, your bobs <laughs> Christian will remember well all the years and days and months that we spent on Grafton Street and at Molly Malone busking for our bus fare Oh, or for the, at least for the price of an old sausage roll. Your bus I mean, back, back to Clare, was it? Yeah. We we were talking about it only <laughs> only last week. We did a bit of a head to head, the the first edition of the Molly sessions, and we were we were putting uh, Molly Malone up against Whiskey in the Jar, and we did talk a little bit about the time in 2013 when we literally could not. Uh, afford the train journey down to, to Clare to go to the Fecal Festival. So we were busking with banjo and harmonica. Uh, and I did not play tunes on harmonica. It was basically sort of a one chord backing of random tunes. And they all had to be in either G, C, D or A minor. Uh, you know what? It went fucking well. It went brilliant. We, we did. We did. We were able to pay our way down to Clare, uh, but there was a bit of a backlash. Because well. I, I <laughs> but but there was a backlash there because I think we had just enough money to buy two student tickets, but you used your student card twice. It was uh, at the same time. Yeah. I think so. So there was a bit of a fine uh, turning up yeah, a, a few months later. Did, but we probably didn't break even by the sounds of it then. Yeah, but, but um, like that's fine. in the in the name of crack. <laughs> In the name of crack. Um, anyway, we'll we'll get right into talking uh, talking to you and about you, Rory, and why you're here and all of that. Uh, but just a few items of housekeeping first. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh, do you wanna do you wanna do this one? It would be my absolute pleasure. Folks, Go on. If you you want do to... you do that, and I'll give the dog food. Right. You give the dog a bit of food there. 
So Rory, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we actually have a Facebook page and an Instagram page and an email address. It's very exciting stuff altogether. Very good, and a TikTok and a Tinder and a ah yeah, Tinder grinder, all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find us everywhere. Christians in charge of the grinder page. I'm not involved in that side of things, but um yeah. So if you want to get in touch with us, folks, as always, we would love to have you have a chat with us or just tell us anything. You can give out to us if you want. Get onto the Facebook page, Toral Laura Podcast. Um, that's facebook.com forward slash Laura podcast. You can get us on Instagram. Instagram is at Laura podcast. And the Gmail for all your emailing needs is Laura podcast at gmail.com. That is two O's in Torah, two O's in Laura, one O in podcast, one O in com. There's an O in dot, but we don't spell the dot. We just kind of tap it and it comes out there in the email address. Again, it's more that of is a... Tora... Yeah, exactly. Podcast at gmail.com. Write us reviews. Write us complaints. Write us comments. Write us fucking anything you want. Send us tips on PayPal. I'm only joking. Or <laughs> Well, you can. Set up a, a, a patron for us. Absolutely. We will like not say no. Zoom Pro is not cheap. <laughs> well, kind of But is, you will also find us on all of your streaming sites, folks, on your Spotify's and your Apple Music's and your fucking Amazon podcast and Google podcast and whatever the fuck, Podbean, Podcatcher, Pod, whatever, um, all the pods, uh, Bean Sprouts, <laughs> and no, I'm only joking, but we are online. All you have to do is go onto that sweet Google and type in that sweet, sweet two O's in Torah and two O's in Laura and one O in podcast, and you will probably fucking find us somewhere. Yahoo! Can I catch yeah. my breath now? It's all out. It's all out. <laughs> is is the dog fed? She's not hungry anymore. Well, she's she's eating as we speak, so, so that's fine. Okay, mm. so just to get into this, um, Josh confessed to me just before we started the uh, <laughs> recording. Not supposed to tell yeah, them. no, I'm 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 an open book here. Absolute uh, candid fucking. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Josh said to me the last thing he said to me before we hit record was. I don't even know the name of the song that we're doing today. Uh, so I, I guess I'll be leading us into this conversation. But the thing is that... I we feel ashamed of myself. The Norwegian, <laughs> no. in the, the Norwegian in the clear jersey is about to lead us in a discussion on a song about hurling. <laughs> okay, Times yeah. Times are tough. So, and I'm fine. sitting here drinking but, Swedish cider. <laughs> <laughs> but there we are. That's what we're doing. We're talking about hurling. And we know that this episode is about three weeks, two weeks too late. Uh, we were planning on doing it the Friday before the All-Ireland Hurling Final, but we didn't get around to it, so here it is now. Look at this. You're early for next year. That's the yeah, that's, that's it. Or, or we're just getting into the club. Uh, uh, I just want to point out, folks, that it's been very interesting following the All-Ireland Championship for Hurling this year because I've had constant commentary 24-7 coming from Christian over there on the phone in Norway because not only has he been getting really into the hurling and the themes of it and the rules and the game itself but he's also become really curious about all aspects of it and how it works and he asks questions and he comments on everything and it's fucking brilliant I love <sighs> to see it I've heard you've ordered hurlies and you've signed up for Oslo GAA oh, okay okay let's let's take let's one all out. one thing at a time there's a <laughs> bit of an o- overload here but yes we are talking about uh, <laughs> hurling today and uh, in uh, it, well because of the All-Ireland Hurling Championship uh, which if all had gone according to plan would be tomorrow we thought that we'd do a hurling uh, special and to do that we need a hurling song so I whipped out the only hurling song that I know um, I briefly mentioned last week that in the version that I know of Whiskey in the Jar there's a mention of Hurling. Some some people. Uh, to, um, to, the hurling and the bowling. The hurling some and the take bowling. Delight. Uh, but people like uh, this Christian is, take delight. <laughs> but this is the only proper hurling song that I know, and it's called "Bald Teddy Quill," and it tells the story. It's it's a bit of a humor song, and it tells the story of um, a, a cork hurling man that, that was. Um, sort of recruited uh, to play a match against Tipperary when the Cork lads were afraid of being beaten. That's that's the premise of the song. It's a bit strange, and we'll get into the lyrics. 
Um, but yeah, that's the story. And the reason why we've invited our good friend Rory on, our bandmate, uh, that really isn't a trad musician in in his heart. That's that's not where you started, Rory. That's not why you ended up playing with with Josh in the first place. You're no. you're a classically trained opera singer, like classically opera, yeah, trained singer, yeah. But it all started with piano lessons and bass guitar lessons. So, like like I was saying in the last podcast I was on, which is before, it's just a general love for all kinds of music, I suppose. So. Um, yeah, 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 and and if you're wondering what he's referring to, that is our intro episode that still is only actually uh, available on our Facebook page, but we're planning on on downloading it and putting it up <laughs> yeah. on the way things a, are going. It'll be going up very maybe, soon. I think. Yeah, prob- probably the next anniversary. week. The Pro- no, it, Rory's probably going up <laughs> next week because I don't see us being able to to do an episode because Josh is going to Denmark. But the reason why we have oh. you on is that you are the closest uh, we we have to uh, a hurling player uh, that was available to come and talk about this oh, today. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I feel honoured for the, all the hurlers in uh, Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but really, we, we, thought it, we thought it would be bad taste to go on and talk about the national sport of Ireland without having someone that has some real life experience of, of playing, being out yeah. there. I'll have like, you know I'm that I hurled until the age of 16, you yeah. bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> For Probably Josh been playing longer. Probably Josh came out of the womb with a hurl in his hand. <laughs> I was handed one when I came out, but I dropped it and picked up a banjo and went, oh, what's this? <laughs> you put strings on the hurley. Okay, anyway... Should we should, before we before we talk too much about um, about um, the song? Uh, can, can we just g- get a, a general description of what hurling is for all of our uh, great fans around the globe that wouldn't necessarily know the game? Who who want to go? I eat Rory. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Well, you get go? the honoured guest. I can yeah. give a little bit, and then Josh can give a little bit. So it's like a, a mix of uh, baseball, hockey. What else, Josh? Other sports. Lacrosse. Lacrosse. Um, it's like lacrosse without the boxing, uh, MMA, uh, rugby. <laughs> <laughs> All mixed into one big sport. And what do you get? We get hurling. <laughs> it's like it's like field hockey but the sticks have slightly wider bosses the boss is the part at the bottom where the ball hits the stick and it's a more rounded off kind of uh, utensil if you know what I mean and with hockey the ball stays on the ground but with hurling you can lift the ball into the air you can hold it in your hand for up to five steps if I'm not mistaken you can fucking hit it as far as you want from your hand or on the ground. A lot of people these days don't. Or with your foot, you can kick it too. You can head <laughs> it with your head. You can. They don't. Uh, <laughs> they don't get into ground hurling too much these days, which makes me sad because my favorite thing hurling over the years was ground hurling, which meant you didn't actually raise the ball at all. One of my finest moments was in the <laughs> the club final of the under eleven ground hurling championships <laughs> in County Clare when I scored a goal, and it was fucking brilliant. But yeah, it was one of back. my finest hurling moments. Back when the sport was first invented, though, as well, they didn't actually catch the ball in their hands yeah. for, for many years. It was mm. always And if you see, the actually, the old pictures, sorry, Rory, if you see yeah, the right. old pictures from the early 1900s, the game, the hurl, actually looked a lot more like a hockey stick. The bottom mm. of the hurley wasn't wide or fat at all. It was very slim and narrow. You, and you, can, look at, you can look at the shinty sticks of Scotland. Yeah, shinty exactly. is, is a game that, a Scottish traditional Highland game, uh, that um, is, is derived from the same Celtic ancestry as hurling. And actually, a brilliant thing to note is every year teams from Ireland, hurling teams from Ireland, go to Scotland and they have a blitz where the hurling teams play against the shinty teams. And it's actually yeah. really interesting. I think the shinty teams always win too. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Just to give... Um, uh, a little bit to to the people uh, from, like I said, around the globe, uh, why you might be fascinated with hurling from from one non Irish person to to all of all of you out there. Uh, hurling is 
3,000 years old. <laughs> it's one of the... I'm not going to say one of the oldest games uh, in the world, but but I, I guess it is. I, I'm not a sports historian, but it's there are references to hurling in old Irish mythology. Uh, the most famous probably being Cúchulán, uh, which uh, was a warrior that killed a, a big nasty hound with uh, a schlitter, which is the name of the 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 hurling ball and he he literally he he choked him by by just driving it into his mouth and then his name Cullen means Cullen's Cullen's hound because he had to take up the the part as as Cullen this this mighty man's guard dog because he killed his actual guard dog which is insane but yeah it's it's Christine so old. the crack <laughs> Hurling is so old um, and it's Ireland's national sport. Uh, Gaelic football would probably be more wildly, widely played in Ireland today. Am I am I wrong? Am I right? Uh, yeah. It's, it, it's pretty equal. Like what the problem is. But you the have football regions. would be more. Um, Depending on the maybe. region. Like it would be a more. Football would be a more popular sport in certain areas. And then in other areas, you would have more <laughs> popular hurling, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. There's some there's some counties that have only football and no hurling. Well, no hurling we're talking yeah. about. And then there's some counties that have only f- only hurling and no football. Again, no football we're talking about. It's probably the closer you get to Dublin, it's more football. <laughs> and the further you get away, more hurling. <laughs> yeah. The, the funny thing is, even within counties, you have those boundaries because County yeah. Clare in general would be really, really famous for hurling in terms of clubs. But West Clare is a very, very... Stout football region, Kilmurray and Brickin, Kilmurray McMahon, all all those areas are very much football uh, parishes, which is interesting. There are some of the good football parishes too. For a county that has a stout hurling following, we have one or two clubs that are actually quite well known and quite efficient at football, which you wouldn't think. And we're not talking about uh, English football, as in soccer. We're not talking about anything similar to American football. The closest thing would probably be Aussie rules, um, yep. Australian football. This is a game where you you carry the ball, uh, you kick the ball, you bounce the ball on your foot. Um, Pell Gaelach. Yeah. Uh, Which, interestingly in- enough, they actually meet up every couple of years and do a blitz between Aussie rules and football players <laughs> as well. <laughs> They certainly do. Uh, But I've lately, I've watched, because what Josh is saying is is absolutely true. I've been getting into hurling uh, lately. I've always been fascinated, but I've never been much of a sports guy at all. So I've never actually been following any sport, to be honest. Mm. And I did try hurling first when I came to came to County Clare in 2011. There's photos to prove it. Yeah. But I did mostly <laughs> sit on the sideline and talk shite. So it's not like I fell in love with hurling when I went to Ireland. <laughs> it's, it's more of a recent thing. It's just, I've been very fascinated. But a thing with me is that when I get fascinated with something... Um, I I go I go hard and I go deep, uh, to put it that way. Uh, to just point out actually Porteia, that man. Mary McNamara, Mary Mac in Tulla is one of the reasons that you came to Ireland and tried hurling, and she dragged all the Norwegians out onto the hurling pitch, and it was brilliant. Like we played a whole match with mixed teams of Irish and Norwegian people after they did a short training session, and it was quite interesting and funny to watch. But as well as that, Mary Mac's daughter, Saraka has just been named the T.G. Carhart Young Musician of the Year. And I think that that's worth a congratulations to Saraka. Absolutely. Well. Saraka Costello. Fantastic fiddle player. Yeah. Not, related. Check not, her out. not related at all to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably somewhere <laughs> far back. All the way back. But, but yeah, I do, I do go hard and I do go deep, uh, pun intended. <laughs> uh, and I've watched several documentaries several hours of documentaries the last last few months and it's so much like so much interesting information out there um about how hurling was uh, the game of the fairies uh, and uh, but ironically not uh, ironically <laughs> it's it's not the hurling that we know today what they played was what is called winter hurling which is what you're talking about josh more of a ground hurling version uh closer to shinty and like the the, the 
the things you learn, like how how the the sacred ancient tradition that every hurley, which is the stick, needs to be made from one single piece of ash. And uh, yeah, no, the, I will link a few hurling documentaries, especially the four episode um, RTE documentary uh, that was recently published on YouTube. It's it's not new, I don't think. But it, it was recently uploaded to YouTube. It's it's amazing. I don't remember the name of it, but but it'll be in the show notes. But the hurling, the All Ireland Hurling Championship. How how does it work? I think Josh would know this better than me. <laughs> yeah, that's a dangerous <laughs> statement. What do you mean? How does it work? So the you have your okay. I'll I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I. Some years I follow it and some years I don't because some years I'm just too busy with music. But okay, here we go. Deep breath. So we have <laughs> we have our four proud provinces of Ireland. You have Ulster, you have Munster, you have Connacht, and you have Leinster. And back in the day, let's say I say that a lot on this podcast. Back in the day, you would have had a separate hurling championship between each of them to begin with, and then the best of each province would have been brought forward into qualifiers for the All-Ireland Championship to crown the overall King of Ireland, the High King of Ireland. But um, it's changed over the years. The North is more of a football stronghold these days, so there isn't an Ulster Championship as such. There is, but there isn't. Um, something similar has happened recently in Connacht because Galway were dominating the Connacht Hurling Championship over the years. So... It gets confu- Here's where it gets confusing because <laughs> any teams that have suddenly been dominating the likes of Ulster or Connacht are now being sent to the Leinster Championships because their own championships have been gotten rid of. So Galway now competes in the Leinsters and does quite well. Um, but the strongholds are still the Leinsters and the Munsters, to be honest. Um, they would be the big hurling strongholds of Ireland if we're talking specifically about hurling anyway, the same kind of applies to football, but different regions, different counties. Um, so you have your several, all the teams within a province will play each other. And then you will have your semi-final and your final. And then the f- the winner and the runner-up will get an automatic pass to the semi-finals of the All-Ireland. Whereas the losers and the leftover teams would have to go through what is called a backdoor qualifier, which means they're all put into a hat. They have to play each other in several matches and they will win their places in the quarterfinals and then work their way towards the semifinals where they will probably play against those teams that already won or became runners-up in the provincials, deep breath. (laughs) And you kind of know how it works from there, folks. The same as any fucking championship. It's, you have your quarters, your semis, your final, and the crown prince. Would anyone like to add anything? Wouldn't (laughs) say it better myself. That was it. Perfect, perfect. (laughs) And, and let's, uh, let's give our, give our guests an opportunity to talk, uh, for a little bit. Um, uh, how would you, uh, can, can you just give us um, a short summary of uh, of of the championship this year? Um, like the last the last yeah, few matches, I missed a lot of the star race. So yeah, like at the end, um, it was like Limerick that was pretty much um, dominating all the games the whole way through. And if I remember, I think they got the highest score that's ever been scored at a All Ireland final. Um, there was over 50 points in total when you add up the goals and points. Some, something crazy like that. Christian uh, probably knows there. He's What was the actual score? He's like the museum uh, of scores this year. I don't remember the actual score right now, but but people can can check themselves if they're interested. I think the full match is actually... Not every match from, from the All-Ireland is uploaded, but GAA has a quite, good, quite a good YouTube account. And I think the final is uh, online. So you can actually go in and watch it. Mm. Um, did you both watch the final? We went to watch the final. Yeah, me and my fiance Emma, we went to Scaries. And uh, actually, a good story about it. We went to uh, uh, the first pub. I'm not going to name the pub because what happened was absolutely ridiculous. So we went in, we were sitting for an hour. We were watching like a Man United game. Soccer game was on the TV first. And um, the, the owner comes in and says, don't worry, we'll put the All-Ireland match on now on the TV that you're watching when it comes on. Match comes on and we 
and then the owner comes over and he goes he's Mike coming into the to the pub and he brings us over to this smaller miniature TV and we were looking at we're like we're going to watch the game here and he goes yes and I was like why can't we watch on the big TV he says because everyone else wants to watch the Man United game so we're like oh for God's sake so we went to another pub um, across the road and we ended up uh, getting to watch it on the big screen but that just goes to show you uh, people in Dublin sometimes might prefer soccer over hurling which is ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, especially for an All Ireland final. <laughs> would would that have happened if it was the All Ireland uh, Gaelic football championship? That is a good question. If it was Dublin, not if Dublin possibly, was in it, <laughs> then everyone would watch the Dublin game, but maybe not. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the other the football final is going to have as big an impact in Dublin this year, considering the Dubs aren't in it for the first time in fucking years? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think is going to win, Rory? Tyrone or Mayo? Tyrone or Mayo. I think it's uh, Mayo's turn to, to have a go at it. It is. <laughs> and to break the curse of the priest way back when. <laughs> Christian went uh, researching the GAA curses there recently, didn't you, Christian? Did I? Remember we were talking about the GAA curses. Was that? No, maybe it wasn't you. I thought, no, maybe it wasn't you. Sorry. Maybe <laughs> Who else a- are you making podcasts with? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was a dream I had no do you know who it was it was Pierce McGuinness I was talking oh, okay. to him and he was uh, he was googling the the curse of Biddy Early and the Mayo curse and just these articles about the old curses there's all these famous curses for different counties uh, as reasons or excuses as to why they haven't won all Ireland's in such and such an amount of time but uh, the, the articles basically uh, knuckled them all down to bullshit <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Can I, um, before, we're going to jump into Bolt Teddy Quill for a little bit, but before before that, one of um, one of the things that surprise people the most when I tell them uh, and is also one of the things that is um, the most sympathetic about um, not only hurling, but but. GAA, the Gaelic Athletic Association, is the fact that it's pure amateurs mm-hmm. in in the in the right sense of of the word. That as um as a player, you are not making money. It's very <laughs> these, true. Day, these days, it's very debatable, especially <laughs> with um advertising. I suppose with, I know yeah, a few years like, ago they got a some of the grand from Vodafone. Yeah. And, but we're not yeah. we're not going into full on political discussions the GAA, here. But the GAA itself is one of the richest entities in the country, and they they look after their players with houses, jobs, places in college. Um, <laughs> like I'm not even joking. They pay. They they would give a player a good job for life and pay them a fucking amazing wage on the condition that they keep earning for the team. You know, now this is okay. getting into conspiracy theory. Yeah, okay, not. okay, okay. But but while you hear, who who was sold to who recently? Was it Ronaldo? No, who? Like, Ronaldo when you hear, went to Man United, yeah. But someone went to some French team or something. I, I don't um, really... I know Messi, Messi left Barcelona, didn't you? Yeah, right? exactly. And, and you hear that they're sold for... For what now? A billion uh, something. And and then you look at the GAA and, well, at least on paper, uh, they're not making money. They're doing it for the love of the sport. And the GAA being, I know, uh, a very political organisation historically, but at least was a big part of, of creating Ireland's uh own like their own identity in a very crucial time in mm-hmm. Irish history. Actually, to get into that, like no, I won't go into that because there's so much in there. There's definitely more episodes in this, but the GAA was kind of partly created by uh, Michael Cusack, Douglas Dehija, Douglas Hyde, and several other big shots, big names in Irish history, and it was part of the the Gaelic League basically as a way of preserving it was this, a similar ethos to Cultus Cultori Aaron or Conor Naguelga like Conor Naguelga actually came about around the same time as the GAA and believe it or not the meetings that took place for the first ever sittings of the Ord Corla the council of the GAA took place in Carron County Clare very good oh, Michael Cusack <laughs> he's from the Burren he was born in Carron and uh, 
that was where the meetings took place down in Clare and we still have Cusick Park named after him here in Ennis yeah. and he was the godfather of the GAA so the saying goes and then you have and the Cusick stand as well in yeah. Park. yeah and Dove Gloss the Hija Douglas Hyde was the head of Conor Nguelga and he was involved as well and he was also the first president of Ireland there you go there you go it's so intertwined you you can you can look at at uh, during during the war of independence uh, a lot of farmers didn't have didn't have weapons to to, um, to practice drills and they used their hurleys as uh, in like instead of instead of actual rifles christians watching too much of that lovely movie that we talked about a few episodes <laughs> back the wind that shakes the barley the and michael sh- collins actually Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, uh, let's let's just talk a little bit about Bald Thady Quill because it, it is the title of <laughs> of this episode. So Bald Thady Quill, like I said, is the only Irish song um, that I know uh, about hurling. I've found a list of other hurling songs that I really haven't any uh, recollection of ever hearing. Uh, but Bald Thady Quill, I know, and I've played quite a bit and. I heard it first uh, in um, in the um, in the version of uh, the Clancy Brothers, and it's it's typical old Clancy Brothers style, uh, but it's it's a really f- funny, humorous song. And um, let's open the good old Wikipedia as we as we often do. I'm having uh, a look as we speak. I love how the first sentence says it depicts him as a beer swilling, lady loving sportsman when he was actually none of those things. <laughs> Because back in the day, you would actually have a lot of hurlers with big beer bellies that would have been going out and drinking more than focusing on the <laughs> hurling, which is fucking brilliant. There was actually a joke there that I read recently. Actually, it wasn't a joke. It was actually serious. But um, it was back in the 1980s, I think it was. And they were asking, like, are the team even taking this final seriously? <laughs> <laughs> and the manager says, taking it seriously, I'll have you know there's three men in that dressing room that didn't even have any pints last night. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it just shows how it's evolved over the years because every player now has the trackers in their jersey and it follows everything about their body and it's all big about fitness and even the likes of the Limerick team are being trained like soccer players or rugby players every last thing is thought about and it's all about yeah. meal plans and the stairs yeah. lots of steroids as well <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, a lot of things have changed uh, natural so. plant steroids <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but back in the day of uh, a bald tidy quill things were probably quite different the song i'm just gonna read off wikipedia here the song was written about a man living in county cork depicting oh, cork. him as a beer swilling lady loving sportsman uh, when he was actually not, like uh, Josh said. Um, the ballads uh, was composed by Johnny Tom Gleason around 1895 and first put to paper in 1905. Gleason, uh, which died in 1924, which means the song is traditional DP, as we <laughs> actually call it in in the in the um, copyright world. It uh, it does not mean what you might be thinking. It means um, uh, 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 oh, what what's um? Uh, it's the P do- for fo- phone, or no? Do- domain public, public in French, domain. as in public domain. Um, he was a fa- uh, the the songwriter uh, Gleason was a farmer who lived near Roy Lane, Roy Lane, in County yeah. Cork. Rylane. He fancied himself a poet, balladeer, lampooning many of his neighbours and acquaintances. Okay, so that's it. Um, and who th- was Teddy Quill? Teddy was a poor labourer and occasional cattle jobber who... So wait, this was a real person is what we're gathering here, even though the song doesn't depict him in any way close to what he was actually like. That is what it sounds like, yeah. Okay. Owning no land nor house did odd jobs for local farmers. Teddy, although a burly man, was no athlete, apparently... Teetotal while sleeping in barns did not <laughs> endear him to the ladies. He died a bachelor. Johnny Tom Gleason engaged Thady as a labourer, 
However, instead of paying him, uh, he immortalized Thady with this ballad, which pleased Thady to no end. <laughs> I love it. Like, in the 1800s, you could have worked your ass off. And, like, for some reason, it must have been easier for us songwriters back then because an awful lot of people got paid with songs instead oh, yeah. of actual money. Yeah, and it was probably before before All those the... Sorry, all those traveling composers and musicians that would go and spend a weekend in some rich lad's mansion and get fed and watered and ride their daughters. <laughs> <laughs> and and then when it comes time to pay the bill, I wrote you a song. Oh, you're great. You have a lovely big house and it's fucking mighty. And thanks for feeding me. And your daughter was nice as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the owner goes, wow. Fucking wow. <laughs> but it doesn't sound like Bald Teddy Quill was too happy though. Pleased him to he, no end. He, he must have been terrible at writing well, that, songs. That means please, pleased <laughs> him to no end is a good thing. That means okay, there okay. was no end to his pleasure. Oh, 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 oh okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, anyway, do you want to hear a little bit of the lyrics? I'm going to do sure, them off, why not? off Christian's, my heart. Christian's taken to uh, doing some absolutely fucking lovely poetic renditions of some of these <laughs> songs recently. Beautiful. Okay, okay. This is this is a little bit of a different song. It's uh, like I said, it's a bit humorous. Um, it it goes yeah yeah. It goes yo yo yo. <laughs> you made some. Uh, oh jeez, how does it start? Made some. Dun, dull hallow who's anxious for curtain a word of advice I will give unto thee I, I think I need to sing it actually yeah, mates of Do dull it. hallow who's anxious for curtain a word of advice I will place unto thee na, 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 na. Jesus I think you might need to get the fucking guitar no it, it's not <laughs> happening it's, it's way it's way over there in yeah. the other room it might be easier in Norwegian Christy <laughs> Did you leave the guitar in the fridge again? Quill lyrics. I'm I'm just I'm not editing this out. It's just staying in. <laughs> you maids of dull hallow who's anxious for curtain, a word of advice I will give unto ye. Proceed to Bantir to the athletic sportin' and giving your names to the club committee, and never commence any sketch on your programme till a carriage you see coming over the hill, all down through the gl valleys and glens of Kilcorny, with our own darling sportsman, the bald Thady Quill. And then we get into the hurling. Whoa. In the second verse, at the great hurling match between Cork and Tipperary was played in the park on the banks of the Lee. Our own darling boys were afraid of being beaten, so they called in Bald Thady to Ballinagree. He hurled that ball left and right into their faces and showed the Tipperary men action and skill. If they touched on his lines, he would certainly brain them and the papers sung praise of the Bald Thady quill. Oh, Which is a lovely Thady. verse. Like, I, I feel like I'm right there in the middle of the action. And then it just it has nothing to do with hurling in the, in the last verse. At the Cork exhibition, there was a fair maiden whose uh, oh. fo fortune exceeded a million or more. But Go bad, on, you girl. <laughs> bad constitution had ruined her completely and medical treatment had failed or nor. Her mother says she sure I know what will save her and... Um, and uh, <laughs> cure this disease will, which will certainly kill. Give over your doctors and medical treatments. I'd rather one squeeze of the bald Teddy Quill. Give so, over your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but uh, that second verse, that is to me, that might be like that might be the um, one of the first gateways to really, really feeling that that need for for understanding hurling when i started playing that song a few years ago have have you ever heard it any of you i re yeah, recognize I, it now that you're singing it i think i've heard it a few times uh in the fla in particular in claire yeah. that time josh in claire of course you heard <laughs> it in the claire you know. <laughs> <laughs> no the, i do want to point out that the interesting thing to me on hearing this song is that it actually has the same melody as another clancy brothers song called nell flaherty's drake I'm not surprised in the slightest. Which is something that I notice a lot about the likes of the Clancy Brothers and sometimes the Dubliners, that some of their songs over the years have had the same melody or similar lyrics. But <laughs> we've talked about this before, Christian. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 
it's interesting and it's not the only one because I was researching this song um uh Rory I feel like I f- feel like we need to to get bang for a buck for getting you on so <laughs> uh, uh are you comfortable with telling uh, all the people out there in podcast land who uh, the mighty Christy Ring was Christy Ring isn't that the guy his name is named after the trophy of uh when you win yeah, Christian Christian Cup, yeah, of course. Christian. I actually, I actually know nothing about this. Right? <laughs> okay, okay. That's the name of the no, cup. you're grand, you're grand. He, he was. Uh, Josh, do you want to go? Christy Ring was one of the most renowned hurlers in history from County Cork, and the Christy Ring Bridge down in Cork is named after him as well. And he won many, many trophies for his county. He loved his county, you know. And he played until he was a fairly. He died fairly young, uh, but uh, in hurling. Um, in the hurling world, he played until he was ancient. I don't know how old he was, but he was certainly in his uh, maybe 50s and still yeah. playing for Cork. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you're you're completely right, Rory. I think it's Division 2. Because like, what, what's the name of the main cup? The Liam All-Ireland? McCarty. Is that? Liam McCarthy is the All-Ireland. Liam McCarthy, and then it's the... Joe McDonough, which is D D two maybe, and then it's the Christy Ring Cup after that, so it's mm. D three Division three or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, and Christy Ring, I'm I'm going a little bit ego here, but the first time I met our good friend Brian Curry, that all three of us know very well, um, was in just outside of Oslo uh, in 2011 when we did the exchange thing that we've talked about many a time. Um, and he was walking around the Steiner school and he was giving every Norwegian person, um, some or many of them anyway, uh, some sort of Irish name. And he asked me what my name was and I said Christian and he said that that won't do. Uh, we'll call you Christy Barry Murphy. And it was only... Uh, he's told me this before and I think you've told me this before Josh but it was only just recently it actually I got it into my head uh, that it was some sort of combination that he made up on the spot uh, uh, made <laughs> up of Brian fashion <laughs> made up from Christy Ring and Jimmy Barry Murphy which is uh, a former Cork uh, hurler now uh, the um, now the banished door as in uh, the manager uh, of the Cork hurling team, mm. which is quite funny. I thought he was taking the Barry from Barry's tea, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> could could have been. Could have How been. many associations happened at like lightning speed in his head when he was doing yeah. that? Yeah, he's he his brain works in a different way. But <laughs> anyway, there is um, a point to this story, which is that there is a song called "The Bold Christy Ring." Uh, on the same melody as uh, on Volte di Quill, obviously. Uh, it's a, a song about Cork's greatest all-time hurler and sang to the tune of the Volte di Quill. Um, and it goes, uh, Ye young men of Ireland who's anxious for hurling, a word of advice I will give unto ye, come down to Cork City to the athletic sports field, and there you will find Christy, the pride of the Lee. Tis... <laughs> <laughs> He'll show you hurling like Finn or Cuchulain to the name of the hero's proud memory clings from Galway to Dublin, from Berra to Malin. All the Ireland is toasting to the bold Christy Ring, and so on and so forth. You can go in and find it on the, the big internet. But I want to know who the Dublin sports heroes are, who are the Dublin hurling heroes. Wow. Rory. That was a good question. I actually don't know many because, like, the Dublin team wasn't doing very well for many years. They're, they're doing well now. Until the Claremont took you over. Until the Claremont took us over, is right, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, I actually don't really know any. I, mean, I, I actually was playing uh, um, golf, would you believe, with a, with a mead herder um, called uh, Stephen Morris. He's uh, one of the starting players there during the week, and I was telling you, Christy. Yeah. Um, he actually gave me one of the training kits um, that, that he wears because we were at a wedding um, a couple of weeks ago and I was chatting with him and he was like, so do you support Dublin, you know, 
strongly and all this kind of thing. I was like, I just support the sport of hurling and I love it. And I was like, you know, it'd be actually great to get one of your jerseys. And he just said, yeah, no problem. I mean, man was already giving me a jersey and a pair of shorts. Fantastic. <laughs> but this is actually, this is a good point. Um, mm. I want to ask you both. What is Ireland's obsession with, with, well, on one hand, you could say their obsession with their county. There is an insane local pride in Ireland mm-hmm. when it comes to these sports. But secondly, Ireland's obsession with jerseys. Like it's <laughs> it's it's different from anything I've ever seen before. It's not in if you walk around Norway, yeah, you see your you see your odd uh people walking around in a Barcelona uh, jersey or a Manchester United jersey but it's not like you walk around Oslo and you see people actually walking around with Vorderinga which is probably our biggest soccer team in in Oslo jerseys and you don't go around uh, and we don't have county teams it's like it doesn't work that way yeah well that's your problem straight away you don't have local county teams it's it's all about pride of place at least I think so anyway. Would you agree, Rory? Yeah, I'd agree, yeah. Probably just the, even the way of history, the way yeah, clubs it's very much designed to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't see loads of Irish people going around Ireland wearing Irish soccer jerseys. I know you see some, but you don't see loads. No. I would say you would see, like, hardcore soccer fans wearing Irish soccer jerseys. Or with rugby, maybe. Rugby is a little bit more close-knit as well, so it's a bit more of a community. You know, there's very much... A lot of it's built around communities and pride of place and areas and regions. Like, how would maybe I because there was maybe because there was no cars back uh, in the <laughs> day, so yeah, you had only your community to be in, I suppose. But, yeah, um, it's true. I, I had a point there, and I can't remember what it was going to be now. Um, yeah, it's it's all pride of place. Like you don't see, even with soccer over in England, they're all fucking ridiculously obsessed with their team like I support Man U I support Leeds I support fucking whatever the fuck you're called but even in that it's not about pride of place anymore because no one one on the team is from that fucking place anymore these days you know there's no well there probably is but there's very few people from Manchester playing on the starting team for Manchester United and you certainly don't have to be from Manchester to be a supporter of Manchester United yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like these, to me, the likes of soccer and that kind of stuff is g- like the whole idea of it is gone because it's not about where you're from anymore. It's not about pride of place. It's about what players you buy. It's a business. You buy the better mm. players, you win the matches. Whereas Harlan is still very much you can't fucking play for this team if you're not from this place. That's very true. And I was talking to Stephen about that. I said to him, "We're at the wedding. How would you feel if you finally got paid for doing what you're doing?" Or Maybe got to go around to the different counties, and he just said, "No, I wouldn't like that at all. I'm very happy with it being a as an amateur sport." Yeah, which I thought was very interesting. And even I, if they even if they got paid, but it remained within their counties, like it'd be interesting. It but would be great. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very much one of the benefits of it is that people are genuinely proud of the people on their teams because they come from the same place. They were brought up like you. You've probably gone to school, or your kids have gone to school with people on the team. Yeah, and I think as an as a as a bit of an outsider, that might be one of the things that I find most appealing about it is that there's there's something at stake in a like it's all the history and it's it's a strange uh, sport it for for a lot of people around the world so so it's it's fascinating in that way but it's it's that thing about it being it being yeah. something on at stake that that's not just yeah it's not the jersey and it's like in itself it's the whole, it's the place. It's the whole it's thing the, it's the what's the word the uh the proximity to it it's the whole I can't even think of my words feeling your belonging somewhere is that what you mean yeah yeah like it's your it is your proximity to it it's how close to home it actually is like Tony Kelly is our best hurler for Claire his mother was my maths teacher (laughs) do you know what I mean in school and And uh, there's another guy was your uncle (laughs) (laughs) and there's another another two guys that I used to train with who play for Dora Bearfield like up and I stopped when I was 16 because I got mad into music and 
the hurling. I was a bit too sensitive for the hurling trainers shouting abuse mm. at me at the time. <laughs> but um, it was the music and the women, Josh. That's what happened when you turned sixteen. <laughs> That's the problem, yeah. But um, it was all the drink. Two, two of those guys on that team that I used to play alongside are now on the Clare team. You know, one of them was actually on the Clare team that won the All Ireland in twenty thirteen, and just just all of that kind of stuff. Like it's all local. You know? Yeah. And again, as an outsider, uh, being sort of it's the right to the right to care is something I I feel sort of um, proud that I I feel like I've earned the right to to care in a way. Does that make any <laughs> sense at all? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, <laughs> it's if if. If you like, here's your here's your connection to the Clare Hurling team, Christian. Um, Seamus Bugler, who runs the sessions on Thursday nights in shorts in Fecal. His yeah. son Brent, his son Brendan, is on the Clare team, and <laughs> and was on the team that won the All Ireland in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. Brendan Bugler, and he's yeah, also he's a great a great box player, and you've met him. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I I remember him well. Yeah. That's fascinating, but it's, it's and when not they won, he took out the accordion in the dressing room and they had a big <laughs> session. Oh, is ah <laughs> oh, brilliant! I've I've seen that video. I've seen yeah. that video uh, on YouTube. It's I probably won't remember to put all of the things we talk about in the show notes, <laughs> but I'll do my best to stick yeah. a few things in there. But, but yeah, again, it's it's fascinating. Even you've got your connections. Do you know yeah, but I mean? and it's it's not like. You know, Dublin is a huge tourist city and and people flock there from around the world. But it's not like everyone goes into O'Neill's and buy themselves a, a, a jersey as a souvenir, a Dublin jersey or a... Mm. Or a uh, clear jersey, or they, they can be quite expensive though as well. Like <laughs> they, they, I, they they can they obviously they can, but it's it's just it's one part of Irish culture that is fascinatingly enough. Uh, if if you if you look at how uh, how uh, businessified so much of Irish culture has been. Yeah. It's fascinating how local GAA still is. How it's not turned into it. No one has thought to monetize uh, on on the ancient culture of prob- someone probably has and someone probably does, but it's not a thing like Irish music. And you can walk or you can walk into an Irish bar in probably in Casablanca and there'll be a Hurley on the wall, but it's not like people actually know what it is. So it's it's this fascinating local thing that still feels ex- extremely real. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense, yeah. And I think maybe the GAA should be a bit more open, I suppose, to get getting it more accessible to people in the world. Like it's only recently that hurling is now on Sky Sports. Um and for years it was only on RT and the national broadcast channel. It was quite funny actually watching mm. the Sky broadcasters and presenters talking about it because the first few times that they had to commentate and narrate on the matches they didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. <laughs> It was hilarious, but they've actually, like, they've gotten to know the sport and the people and they've actually hired players now and proper Irish presenters and commentators to actually come in and do that. But in the beginning, there were Sky Sky employees. <laughs> that was yeah. interesting. Yeah. Even to open it up even to ESPN, even, you know, and open it up yeah. to the American market more, you know. Yeah, and actually, it's massive. I know it's mostly still Irish people, but in the States, I played at the finals of the North American hurling championships and there was a hundred thousand hurlers at that on different teams all playing against each other in a big blitz for the finals and I played with Ono Sullivan at that final and it was just fucking mental now it was again it was all mostly Irish people there were Americans as well of Irish descent but it was just interesting to see how big it is in the states and actually funnily enough you'll be interested to know that in America they get paid to play. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, is this where they bring over the best players in Ireland yeah, and they play for a season and they get yeah. paid on, on the slide? That's why an awful lot of ver- some of the best GAA players we've had in Ireland have actually been 
scouted and brought to America and paid to play over there instead of being on their local teams at home. Hmm. We've lost we've lost several very very good GAA hurlers over the years to America. <laughs> Would you blame them? <laughs> Absolutely not. What what is it you always say, Josh? A nation bred for exports. <laughs> and that just solidifies my argument. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Rory, what's your f- favorite um like tell us a little bit about your own hurling experience? Experience. So, I probably would have played a lot when I was like a youngster from when I was 5. There used to be like nurseries where um we basically learned the rules and how to play the game and kind of introduce you into playing, but in my local town there was never really um a, a hurling team until I was in my teens so I started playing when I was in secondary school so I played with um with my hurling team in my secondary school was Gormson College and we were trained actually by uh, a priest and his name was Fadder oh, I can't think of a second name now but he actually was it Fadder Fluffybottom Fadder Fluffybottom well it wasn't him but um, <laughs> from Fadder Ted but um, anyway, he, he actually won an Ireland medal playing for Kenny uh, back in the 70s. So I'll have to get his name to his, uh, the next time I'm on. But uh, he trained us and uh, I actually, would you believe, I broke my leg um, twice playing uh, hurling. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Twice? Twice, yeah. Jeez. Same leg. Same leg. Yeah. Same spot. In the same spot. The second time I broke my leg in three places and broke my ankle at the same time. Jesus, and I was back playing six months later. <laughs> well, you should you should see the guy that did it to him. Yes, I don't even know what he looked like. Would you believe it happened so fast? <laughs> but um, and then then I ended up playing for a couple of clubs. Then when I got to college, so I was back playing with my local team, O'Dwyer's. We actually won um the Leinster Junior League, whatever the lowest league was. We won it though. And uh, funnily enough, the other team actually never showed up for the final. So that's how we won the final. <laughs> walk over. <laughs> a walk over. <laughs> And then I was playing with uh, Nave Marnog, which is uh, Port Marnock. They're, they've got a really good team. That was like the first division I was playing with them at the time. And I did a stint with Scaries there for a month until I actually um, fractured my little finger. So uh, we had to nip that in the bud because I didn't want to be breaking my fingers for playing music. So yeah. hence how I haven't gone back since. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're giving me a bit of a scare now because uh, it's, it's like you said in the beginning, Josh, I have... Uh, I have uh, a hurley on the way and uh, a few schlitters were just arrived in Denmark today, actually, sent from from Ireland. There's Uh, definitely a lot of people that would not want to play hurling anymore because of music, because they would be afraid of fucking up their hands. Our friend Brian several years ago broke his arm playing hurling and had to give up hurling because he was in a full-time band at the time. Yeah. Now he's back playing hurling because of COVID and music and all of that, but... um, yeah, so I also know someone else that broke their arm and wasn't able to tour for months. And it it stems from hurling. Sorry to be scaring you. I'm I'm worrying Christian now, <laughs> yeah. but it, it is a a very full contact sport. I know, I know, I know, but you see that's uh, broken there, Christy on my finger. I'm showing Christy my finger. Hurling is the fastest the f- fastest field game in the world, but I was never as battered and bruised in my life as I was when I was playing hurling. You just kind of you get used to it. You just you get used you, to it. You live I with the bruises. A big tip for you, Christy, as well now when you're playing your first game, you never pull away from someone swinging. You have to swing at them as well. I'm living I'm living in the hopes that maybe uh, the lads uh, in Oslo GAA uh, being <laughs> like family fathers and, and people that emigrated from Ireland and their friends and, and families aren't probably like maybe not uh, in at the level of a aggression that you uh, see are, are you looking for a hurling team or are you looking for a puck about <laughs> <laughs> who knows for, first like before I can even think about actually playing a match I, I need to see if I I'm able to, to hit the ball I remember being out there in um, in Scaries with you Rory uh, in oh, yeah. 2018 it was a lovely summer's day and we were out there in the big field uh, and Emma was uh, was there as well uh, and I uh, think I hit maybe 
one out of five balls or something. Yeah, you lost the ball on me as well. Do you remember that? Did I? Yeah, you shot it straight over the bar and into some tennis court that we couldn't access or something like that. Well, it did go over the bar, so I'm happy enough. I'll I, I'll get you I'll I'll get you a Schlitter for a wedding present. That sounds great. And actually, uh, at my wedding, it's going to be your birthday as well, so we'll have a special gift for you too. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus almighty God get a room you guys oh. <laughs> uh, we, We've had a room together many a times yeah, oh, We certainly have I hope I hope we all get one again soon oh, Preferably would, with some microphones and an amp Lads it would be lovely To go out and play with you again And I hope that we can play uh, The Bold Christy Ring The next time we're together um, The Bold Christy Barry Murphy <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna I know I mentioned this earlier uh, but I found the title of it um, there's a series on an RTE documentary series of four episodes uh, that's called The Game very original The Game The Story of Hurling and it is absolutely amazing it's it's a fantastic uh, series every episode uh, is an hour so it's, it's four hours straight of hurling history and hurling culture related things to, and, and they go through some of the biggest um, underdog stories uh, as well so there's there's a, a big section in one of the episodes on, on Claire and I don't remember I don't remember what um, what All-Ireland final uh, they're talking about if it's 2013 or if it's 95 or whatever um, and they do talk about Dublin as well um, and how it's it's fascinating uh, for a county that's not very like traditionally very hurling heavy how it's um, ha- how it's become m- much more of a thing in, in the last few years <laughs> what? <laughs> Rory's giving me the sign it's time to go well I have to go soon now. Uh, I have to spend the evening with the fiance before I go to bed you know yeah yeah. No, it's, it just, it just it's true tick- you don't see her very often that's very true <laughs> it just Busy ticked out in at 11 o'clock over here and I said to Josh that I have a hard out at uh, my time 11 so Yes, I think we need to wrap it up. I do think we need to get Rory on for another episode in the near future, though. I'd love to have an old chat about the busking scene. Yes. That'd be great. That'd be great. And I I could get you a few boys on as well. That'd be deadly, yeah. yeah. They'd be all interested to come on. Get a full circle J here (laughs) with with buskers from from Dublin. That would be amazing. Christy. Yes. Where can people contact us? People can contact us on... The game, the story of hurling at Turalura.ie. No, uh, Turalura podcast at gmail.com. Two O's in Tura and the two O's in the Lura. And uh, they can find us on Facebook. They can Google uh, Turalura podcast and download our episodes on pretty much any platform they can search for Turalura podcast on instagram and they can send us in voicemails please we haven't had any in a long time and you can give us those sweet stars and we've had a few from our friend kelly oh lovely i'm looking forward to hearing she's taking it she's taking a shine to the viking man i think <laughs> Uh, Rory, where can people find you and your music? Rory, Rory, sorry guys, find me and my music. Sorry, so you can find me on Instagram. It's Rory Costello Musician. YouTube, Spotify, all those places, and uh, Dublin City Today as well on that lovely YouTube nice. channel. Rory's doing a lot out in the street at the moment, and you've got a couple of songs on Spotify too, if I'm not mistaken. I got two songs on Spotify there, yeah, but YouTube seems to be doing the best at the minute. So um I have nice. a lovely cover of um the business by Tiesto, which is nearly at ten thousand views, which I'm very happy Ooh, with. Deadly. So yeah, yeah. That's deadly. That's gone well. So check out Rory Coslo as well and don't forget folks to check out the Box D gang. The Box D we Box still D. exist. We're still here. The three of us are here and living and alive. We're living proof. There um, are four, four CDs left, guys, of the Box the Gang before we have to reorder. Four more than I have, anyway. No, I, I think I have about, I think I might have about 30, so. 
Believe believe it or not, I gave away my last two on our launch night as a prizes. I don't have any now. Oh, I yeah. don't even have one for myself. I'll have to oh. send you some over in the post. Ah, uh, we'll sort you out. But, um, um, Rory sings. Ah, yeah, we'll be grand. <laughs> Rory sings the lovely uh, Riverside, written by Josh O'Loughlin, arranged by the Boxty Gang, and uh, performed. And the vocals uh, by Rory Costlow. So uh, you can find that on West Towards Home. Is that some kind of an album or something? That is a kind of an album. Is so that available for purchase online? Yes. And for streaming as well. So. Nice. You if can you can try before player. you buy. <laughs> and if anyone wants it in vinyl, let us know too. That can be... It can be arranged if you order a (laughs) hundred. It can be arranged. (laughs) Nice one. Yeah, that is us. That is us. That's That's the story, Christian. And we could keep telling hurling stories all day and all night, but I think you two have missuses that will be given out to you. Absolutely. And I don't. I'm I'm just going to walk the dog. (laughs) Are you going to walk the dog, Rory? I'm going to walk the dog. I heard the dog giving out to Emma downstairs now. I'm going to have a cup of tea. Let's go walk our respective dogs and you can enjoy your is it barry's or lions it's barry no it's lions it's lions okay it's it's good luck to you good luck to you the good stuff and what about uh fallon's tea do you ever have that josh you can fuck off with your fallon's tea now (laughs) little little tea little tea tesco finest tesco finest i think that's uh that's it for us lads to relura (laughs) to relura Sauce monster these last uh, <laughs> month or two. Sauce monster. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh-